We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Beautiful Saturday in the Mile High City, and it's time for the Draft Boys to get together deep in the summer as we long for football to be back. Not too long, boys. Not too long. We're getting there every week. We get a step closer, um, and we're really hyped about some college football coming up next year, hyped about this season coming up so we're gonna get into all of that as always joined by my true homies justin michael jake schwanitz j mike how are you doing doing good man like you said i think it's 48 days until week one or something like that so 40 or 41 days or whatever until we get to week zero it's just a little bit over a month i mean it's right around the corner it's crazy. A uh, blessing and a curse, Jake. Yes, it is. But uh, <laughs> these are the times we live for, right? <laughs> no doubt about that. No doubt about it. Um, I'm just really excited for this upcoming season because of how wide open it should be. Starting with those big, uh, the power two, if you will, Big Ten and SEC, kind of a step above the rest. But first, let's set this up. Um, this is the final year where we get four college football playoff teams. From then on, we are full-blown 12-team format. It's going to change everything. I think while I fought it for a while, I am really excited for the new format because the final four just wasn't quite doing it. Um, so we're going to preview this and do an episode of uh, if this 23-24 college football season was a 12-team playoff, who would be our candidates to go into that top 12? Any more specifications on those top 12 and how they get into the playoffs and stuff, Justin? Yeah, it's going to be the six highest-ranked conference champions, so the five Power 5 champs, and then whichever G5 team is able to scrape their way in. And then after that, you've just got six auto bids, which it could get really interesting at that point. You could theoretically end up with 
you know, six SEC and Big Ten teams in a 12-team playoff, but at least some of these other teams are going to have a chance. It, it feels really fun for the Pac-12 this year. Obviously, we only have the four teams, but if it were to be this year with all the veteran quarterbacks that they have, yeah. you could see a couple of those teams, especially sneaking in the 9, 10, 11, 12 range. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun to go through, and it's just going to be fun to preview this year in general because, like you said, it feels significantly more open than it has in a long time. I still feel like there's some chalk at the top, but I don't feel like it's set in stone the way it's been in really the last half decade or so. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, Jake, going into this, I kind of feel like really good about nine power conference teams and all nine are from the three same three conferences. Um, And then the rest just feels like, I don't know, toss it up. To see, just like Justin said, there's going to be some familiar faces up there in the top 10 this year, but uh, I think we're set up for a lot of teams to really make a good run. I mean, we saw TCU just last year. So who's going to be the next team this year? And if it's not uh, one team, it'd probably be multiples. And you mentioned the foreshadowing of the Pac-12, man. going to be a very interesting conference this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The Pac-12 has me very intrigued. Let's start with the Big Ten, though. where Bet365 has Ohio State as the favorite to win the conference at plus 170, Michigan just slightly behind at plus 190, and then Penn State plus 475, and Wisconsin, crazy enough, kind of seemingly within reach at plus 600. I did not consider uh, the Badgers in this. I think Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State would all have a great chance of making it into a 12-team playoff. For me personally, though I am not the Michigan man on this set, um, I would go with Michigan plus 190. JJ McCarthy, watch some more Blake Corum lately. My God, he's unbelievable. And then Dylan Edwards is the perfect compliment. You guys know me. If there's a backfield I trust, like blindly, like this Michigan backfield, I'm all in on a team preseason. And then you add the fact that. Jimmy has given us more than ample reason to believe that he can get that team right in the trenches. I really think Michigan's my top can preseason number one for your boy right here. And I'm the only one on this illustrious panel to not have a preseason vote. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Jake, I'm setting you up. You, you bind this Michigan hype. Yeah, man. I think this is uh, going to be a massive year. They brought in a lot of transfers, you know, in the trenches all over the field. Uh, Jim Nagy, the senior bowl, um, like director mm, of scouting yep. or whatever he does. He posted a picture on uh, Twitter the other day that they're scouting seven offensive linemen from Michigan for this upcoming season. Uh, they got Stanford's best player, which is Drake Nugent. He's at center. He's going to, he's a Michigan Wolverine now. So the offensive line might be three straight years of winning that Joe Moore award, having the best offensive line in the country. You already mentioned the backfield. If JJ can just take that step, you know, be a bit mm-hmm. smarter, a bit faster with his processing. Yeah. Uh, this team is absolutely primed for the national championship. J Mike, do you have 10. to play at Michigan state? They have to go. Um, that's probably their toughest road game. They do get Ohio state at home, which you feel good Huge. about. 
You just want to avoid some of those trap type losses. They got a Maryland trip sandwiched in between Penn State and Ohio State. That that always feels wonky. Sneaky. Especially when you're, you know, 9, 10, and 0 and like really looking forward. But I mean, they have a great front seven. Rod Moore at safety is a stud. JJ Mm. in year two, you like him, you know, taking it to the next level, especially being able to lean on that ground game. I, I love Michigan. I think they're my pick to win the national championship going in. We'll see how I feel a month from now, but you know, in mid July, I feel really high on this Wolverines team. Hundred percent. I love what Jake said too about the transfers. I mean, obviously, how their center performed last year um, as a first year transfer is going to be huge to win the Natty plus a thousand. Just saying. Um, so yeah, that was part of why I wanted to start here with the Big Ten. Is I think we feel really good about Michigan. That takes nothing away from Ohio State, who might have the top two wide receivers in the country, might have the top running back in the country. I think kind of consensus draft rankings, Marvin Harrison, uh, Egbuka, and Travion Henderson are those guys. And then four of the top 15 defensive linemen in the entire country as we preview this draft class. So Ohio State, while Michigan's our pick to win the conference, J. Mike, I think as strong a um, at-large bid as we're going to get out of any of these, probably. Yeah, I mean, they're going to run the table at home. Same deal. You just don't want to avoid a road loss. You do have to go to Notre Dame, which is you know tricky. You have to go Huge. to Michigan, which is obviously going to be challenging. And then at Wisconsin as well, which... You know, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be quite on the same level, but I do think they're going to be elevated. I like Luke Fickle yeah. going in there. They have a really favorable schedule. I could see them winning 10, 11 games in a in a 12-team format. I could see Wisconsin actually being a, a team that is in the playoff picture. But, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned with Ohio State, they just they reload every year. The fact Good. that they're able to bring all these skill guys back is huge. Obviously, you need... Um, is it McCord, I think, is going to be the starting quarterback? Yeah. You need him to kind of fill that that role that they've been able to just kind of step in year after year and just go in this passing offense. All it does is produce all-stars. No divisions in the Big Ten for the first year this year, right? Or is that switching next so. year with the 12-team format? Because that kind of changes things. Because the Mountain West is also getting rid of divisions and they all, they all announced it at the same time. I'm pretty certain that's what's going down. That's another caveat. Cause what's that going to set up a Michigan, Ohio state rematch in Indianapolis every second, every single year. Um, well, that's where Wisconsin gets really interesting though. If they go like 11 and one with only their loss at Ohio state, if Michigan slips up in any of those games, like at Penn state or something, that's where it could really cost you. Well, we saw this, what, wasn't that just not last season, but the season prior where we basically had a three-way tie at the top going into that Michigan State-Ohio State game where it was like Michigan State beat Michigan, Ohio State beat Penn State, Penn State beat Michigan State, and like everyone was just set up. Um, Penn State has a ton of talent, man. Defensively in the trenches, uh, top um, offensive tackle in Fashanu, uh, in the country, and some people are high on Drew Allen. I don't have his name Clark. right here. What was that? 
Drew Alar. Drew Alar. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't remember if it was the Drew or the last name that was a slight variation of a more common name. Drew Alar, people are hyped on him after kind of some of the more hyped and ultimately disappointing quarterbacks we've seen for the Nittany Lions um, come out. This is the other thing, guys. Might be the first preseason in a minute where a gun to my head, I think I would say the Big Ten has the largest number of blue chip draft prospects going into this season. Um, and it's not the SEC. Jay Mike? Huh? Interesting. Quarterback play would be my only question, I guess, as far as NFL yeah. guys go. Yep. But skill guys, I mean, the front seven, everywhere else, I'm right there with you. 100%. I mean, it's that, like, that Ohio State front. Michael Hall, I think, blew up the Notre Dame game. He's got some inside-outside versatility. Jen, JT Tuamalu, Actually, I've seen a multiple mocks mock him to the Broncos in like the mid, um, you know, between 10 and 20. He was unreal. Was that the Penn State game he went off at? He had like two forced fumbles, two interceptions, three. It was just like. He won them the game. It, it was absurd. It's, you know, there's like one game a season where a defensive player just goes off and like fills out every line in the box score. That performance was so iconic. It got my girlfriend's dad back into college football. They were visiting, and I'm just like watching the game, and he's like, oh, it's that guy, and he makes another play, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and by the fourth one, he was just all in. And like a month later, he's calling me, like talking about Michigan and Ohio State. He grew up watching college football, so it's in his blood. He went away from it, but that's that's what this game does, man. That's what those performances do. They just... They excite in a way that no other sport can. Iconic. Yeah. I mean, inspiring performances. It's the kind of stuff that gets us, uh, gets the juices flowing, gets us, you know, gets us up in the morning. Like, you, that's what makes sports beautiful. They literally inspire us, right? Well, the um, energy of a college stadium, like obviously an NFL playoff game or something, that's elite, a big time game in Arrowhead or, or Lambo or something, but 110,000 people all incredibly passionate in a way that you just don't really get in the the pro atmosphere. It, it's just on another level to me. No doubt. No doubt. And I feel really good about those top three teams in the Big Ten, man. Like, really good. If this was a 12-year format, I'd rate those top two almost in pen, and I'd have uh, Penn State in, in pencil for sure. Um, they'd have to be one of Michigan or Ohio state. That's where the problem for them. I think if you lose both of them, that's where I think you have a tough argument over, you know, like a second ACC team or a second PAC 12 team, or even Wisconsin, you know, again, if they went like 11 and one, the schedule, that's where it gets really wonky. It's a great point. I mean, in years past conferences would kind of hold water for that one top contender so they could get in. That might become a top two, top three contenders that the conference is really like pushing for and politicking for. Um, speaking of performances that inspire us right now, this summer, the homies at game time have you covered where you sign up using code DMVR and you can get $20 off right off the bat. It's where people were uh, able to get Taylor Swift tickets, which, my God, I can't believe 
the price of those uh, Swifties are just amazing people. There's no doubt about it. Game Time specializes in last-minute tickets, college football coming up. You got some really cheap baseball tickets you can take advantage of. You've got some soccer games you can go check out locally. And, of course, shows coming up left and right. Blink, T-Swift, they've got it all. Um, talking to you here last week. His Both our wives, like Peso Pluma, those are also expensive hot tickets coming up in town right now. Sign up at game time and get ready for a performance that will inspire you this summer using that code DMVR for $20 off. Download the app. Use our code and uh, create an account and enjoy all the low prices and their great customer care 24-7. Make sure you're ready to take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Extremely durable frames and clear polarized optics for all your outdoor adventures. Or if you're just bumming it, you know, at a concert or something, make sure you're looking fresh and protecting your eyes. You can go and shop their entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall. And this collection is massive. I mean, if you go on this website, there are probably hundreds of sunglasses on there. Uh, tons of cool stuff. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DMBR. You'll get 50% off two or, more, two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you can try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, boys. Um, SEC next. SEC. SEC. Uh, Georgia. I think they're the only fave in the minus to win a power five conference. And yet, I don't know, a little uh, trouble in paradise this offseason. It feels like the vibes in Athens, not as immaculate as they have been the last two offseasons. And of course, they lose old, reliable Stenson Bennett and Todd Munkin. Probably more importantly, um, Old friend uh, Mike Bobo coming in to take over for Munkin, a Georgia man through and through, J. Mike. And obviously they're in a position where they just reload and there is a transcendent tight end talent in Brock Bowers. But how do you feel about the dogs? I mean, if you follow the Georgia message boards, they're not stoked about Bobo being back in that role, which is funny because the the last season he was there before he left for CSU, they were one of the best offenses in the country. Um, I mean, they, they return actually more guys this year than they did last year. They didn't get hurt that bad outside of losing Stetson Bennett. So you've got, you know, a lot of familiar faces. They have one of the best running back units in the country and the schedule just sets up really favorable for them. They should probably run the table so long as they win at Tennessee. And that would be the the one question mark I really have for them. If Joe Milton can do it to him, man. Sling it. That would be, I mean, as big as that'd be for Milton, that'd be just as big a, for Heppel. Like if Heppel can prove he's doing this at this consistent level, it's on for the balls. Um, but Georgia and kind of this SEC race for you, Jake. Yeah, uh, it's obviously Georgia and Bama at the top, but there's just a handful of teams I'm really intrigued by in this conference. I'll throw out Kentucky. I mean, you have mm-hmm. Devin Leary at quarterback now. This That's an upgrade for me over Will Levis from last year. Devin Ooh. Leary, is a, he throws flames, man, out of uh, NC State the past few years. I'm excited to watch him in the SEC uh, and then Tennessee, going back to them, I mean, they've been killing it on the trail lately. 
but they've just this program is now at a different level than we've seen probably since I was, I don't know, eight years old or whatever it was. Uh, They avoid a bowl ban with those recruiting violations. So um, that's not really going to hurt them. I don't think, I mean, the fine is what it is, but then I look at LSU man and Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about Brian Kelly last year and how good of a coach he is. I mean, you can clown on him. He did some weird stuff, you know, with the, the 360 cam and whatever. He's just an odd guy, the accent, but the guy coaches football at a high, high level. And he really knows how to call an offense. So Jaden Daniels looked really good last year. I don't think people really expected that out of him. Um, so those are my teams to watch. I'd probably give LSU a slight edge as like the third team in the SEC right now. You know, yeah. Bama and Georgia are still up there. Um, but I feel it feels so much more open than it has in a long time, especially this conference. For sure. We don't know the quarterbacks, Jay Mike. Like, do you have a an inkling like, oh, Jaden Daniels is going to run this conference next year. There's one of these guys at Georgia that's really going to rise up or, or at Bama, you know? I think Daniels is the logical choice for if you were doing like preseason first team all conference, he would be the favorite in, in my book. Um, at Bama, it's probably going to be Tyler Buckner Jr., the Notre Dame transfer who's more proficient as a passer probably than Milrow. Milrow's a more dynamic athlete. I love um, Milrow. I just ride with Milrow. I'm not that's, sure why. That's who I even... thought it would be, but based on all the preseason stuff I've been reading lately, it seems that it's probably going to be Buckner. Yeah, I um, think you're right. Bam only returns 10 starters, so it's kind of a lot of unknowns. You do have Kool-Aid McKinstry, which makes you feel yeah. good defensively. He's probably the best corner in the country. I just... I don't know. It's a tough schedule. You got Texas. You got to go to A&M. You got to go to Auburn. I could just see a lot of situations where Bama could slip up this season. I'm so intrigued by LSU. Um, I think Jake really put that well. Um, and I mean, I'm surprised to hear J-Mike this skeptical about Alabama. I still think there's just a ton of talent you know, both side of the trenches and what have you. But your I mean, your point on the schedule is spot on. And you wonder in a 12 team format, how much is that schedule going to hurt you? You know, like sometimes having a more, you know, a tougher non-conference schedule might be a separator to get you in as an at large, you know, but LSU, they did a great job holding on to both those quarterbacks in the portal, not losing one out to an open competition. And Harold Perkins, I mean, the stud freshman edge rusher, just Houdini, you know, Gumpy over there, just like bendy as hell, gets in backfields. I I don't know how, but he just does. Um, Has me really intrigued. I just, I I believe in Bama. I believe in Saban. Two coordinator changes, right? Like, it's the year for Saban to, I mean, go back to back, not making the top four, right? With That would be unprecedented in this uh, four-team playoff era for Bama to miss consecutive years. That could happen, though. Really These could happen. These are typically happen. the years where they like run the table and end up being way better than everybody expects them to be. But It's, it's a just, great point. Yes, exactly. I mean, like, every time I feel this way, it, it yes. kind of ends up being one of these seasons. So. Right, they're just unknowns, but then once they become known, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, Bryce Young and all these dudes. I just got to see that Texas games. game. Like, if, if it's 
really tough and they scratch it out, I'm going to feel a little nervous. And I think Texas is going to be really good. But like, I can also kind of see it be like some of those USC type matchups where they end up winning, you know, by triple digits, not triple digits. You know what I mean? 30 points. This feels like triple digits. Yeah, it feels like triple <laughs> digits at times. So gun to our head, we're all taking Georgia to win this conference. That's the auto bid. <sighs> yeah. I'll take Bama. I like it. I got to give Kirby the respect. Saban likes, Saban likes being an underdog. He, it's more on brand for me to pick against them. That's what he would want. <laughs> I think Jake might have talked me into LSU just a little bit. Um, Man, you talk about a non-conference matchup. Week one, this might be a top five matchup. Uh, LSU versus Florida State. Uh, last year, that was a week one game. was one of the games of the years. Um, so I'm really intrigued by that matchup. That's a lot of talent there. You do have to go to Bama this year. Just saying, watch out for these Tigers, man. Man, that's that Tiger schedule isn't terrible. Like the SEC schedule, not awful. Your road games are Mississippi State. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State, State, Ole Miss, Ole Miss Bama, Bama, obviously the tough one. Oh, and Missouri. Mm-hmm. One yeah, like, FSU games neutral site. Yeah. Right. FSU games neutral site. Grambling and Army are the other two non-conference well, game, with Georgia State. It's true. It's true. Um, okay, so I mean, again, we kind of have six teams already. Power two. Let's go to the Big 12 because you're talking real positively about Texas. Is Texas back, Justin? Is it the year? I too might be talking myself into Texas. Damn it. I knew I was going to do this. I warned against it. And yet when you have a quarterback room where like if yours gets hurt again, you go to Arch and they have all the skill players they have and like they kind of looked back in the trenches last year already. What's not to like about Texas? I mean, I just feel like Sarkeesian's going to be able to scheme up these yeah. guys. They have so much speed at receiver. Ewers, when healthy, has looked really good. It feels like it's that year where he kind of takes it to the next level. I guess there's an element of me that's like, I'll buy it when I see it. Yeah. Or I'll believe it when I see it. Man, I'm butchering all these today. But they do have kind of a tough schedule at Bama, at Baylor. I mean, Kansas, we'll see. They've been a thorn in Texas' side. You still got Oklahoma at Houston could be kind of tough. It, it is a tough schedule, but they, they feel like the favorite going into the year. Both Kansas teams are for Texas plus 110. Kansas State plus 480. They have that kid at quarterback who came in second half of the year and had some like tools. Yeah, Howard's nice. He's a good, good athlete, but and Kansas bringing back their starter from what was a very good season, plus yeah. 4,000. And then, Jake, we've got the added caveat. You have Central Florida and Cincinnati in the conference this season as well. Yeah, Cincinnati, um, I mean, this is a team, obviously, the past few years has been one of the tougher teams, regardless of Power 5 or G5 in college football. Um, we'll see. I don't even know who the coach is right now, to be honest with you, without Luke Fickle, how this team and program looks. So, with that being said, I'm more intrigued by UCF with Gus Malzahn, what he's been doing, what he's been bringing in. Mm. Um, UCF, of course, has been a very talented G5 team the last few years, too. 
But it just feels like that program is more ready to pop at the Power 5 level. You can get them at Bet365 plus 2,500. Um, I'm intrigued by Kansas, like you said. But then Baylor, I think that's another team that can just be a real strong team. And at the end of the year, we're looking at a 10-2 and Baylor going into a Big 12 title game, you know? Last year, we told you guys it's not just going to be Texas, Oklahoma. This conference has some real teams in that bottom half that could be frisky and watch out for. And boy, did Kansas State and TCU prove us right on that end. I think just uh, Jake just broke down some really intriguing candidates. As the draft guy that I am, though, I really think this might be the year Kansas, uh, Texas does it. I think they've got an outside shot to make the final four. And they would be my candidate to get the auto bid in the Big 12 if we were moving to the 12-team format. Everything's just lining up. If they can't win with these guys, you start getting into that like Nebraska territory where it's maybe they're just not what they were. Or Florida, you know, where it's like, ah, shit, we got to fire Dan Mullen. We thought this was it. Now we got to fire his ass. Satterfield, um, that's the Cincinnati coach, by the way. He came over right. from Louisville, remember? Because then they played yep. in the bowl game and it was all melodramatic. Right. Jake, you were going to ask a question? Uh, just about TCU. Um, they lost a lot. We've been talking about them a lot on the Buff show. But you replace Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator. He's gone off to Clemson. Of course, Max Duggan. And this team was just living by a thread. All year long. I mean, yeah. how many last-minute drives did they have to win football games? It seems almost incredible. impossible for them to do this again. Yeah. Um, but then again, these are like the TCU Horn Frogs that just managed to, you know, come back from the dead every week last year. Yeah, and the counter is, I mean, that was Sonny Dykes in year one. Like, if he was that good in year one, just wait for year two. Like, he's only building momentum here. Um, but yeah, you on paper... We all anticipate a massive fall from the Horn Frogs. Like, come on. But they just, they got to regress to the mean at some point. Like, TCU and Tulane were two of the most fun teams in all of college football last year. They also won some of the dumbest, craziest games week in and week out. And the numbers say that you can't do that consistently. Yeah. I mean, you'd think it'd just be a tough program to plug and play and reload. On Steve Avia, Mac Duggan, Quentin Johnston, and Keandre Miller. But preseason last year, we didn't necessarily think they're their top sack man, their top right. corner. Yeah. Like, all these guys. They've lost them all. Absolutely. Um, let's get the ACC out the way real quick. And I'll save the Pac 12 for the other side. Just like I'm kind of selling myself on Texas, I think I'm kind of selling myself on Clemson. There's just a lot of talent. There's just a lot of talent. I can't wait to see Will Shipley, Jeremiah Trotter. I mean, having that continuity at quarterback, we've mentioned how there's not a lot of schools that can say that. Um, there's some real talent in the secondaries and front seven, as there always is at Clemson. And the same could be said at wide receiver. They're plus 160. People are high on FSU. North Carolina obviously has Drake May, big factor in all of this. And then, like, don't sleep on some of these teams later on, like Narduzzi's pit that's got the jerk at quarterback, you know. Um, so Clemson plus 160 for FSU and the rest of the gang. I think this is a one auto bid conference, just like the Big 12 was. Jake? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Drake May is going to make things interesting. He's going to have NC, uh, NC in a lot of games, probably upset a few teams. But in my mind, this is a two-horse race between Clemson and FSU. And even with that being said, I just feel Clemson's done it more often. I feel like they've, they're deeper. I love Garrett Riley as an OC. They got him now. Huge. Um, it's, it's hard to pick against them this year for me. I'm going to take them. They get their three toughest games at home, which is always favorable. You've got a veteran quarterback. You're going to be able to run the football. It could be a year where we get Clemson and, and Alabama again in the title game, and people are feeling really, really upset. But then we remember that the the 12 team is coming, and everybody can calm down. But, yeah, I think the schedule plays out really favorably for Clemson. I think so long as they win, you know, two out of those three at home, they're going to get a spot in that ACC championship game and they got a really good chance to make it. Clemson, Texas, Georgia, Michigan. Those would be our auto bids. I don't know if it'd be our final four. Um, Before that though, J Mike brick brew. What a time, huh? I mean, it's always a perfect time to have a Breck brew, but now especially, it's hot as hell out there. Get a refreshing mountain beach. It's the perfect amount of sweetness, the amount of tartness. Really crushable. It goes well with a burger. It goes good by itself. And if you're not into sours, what's great is Breck has an endless variety. They're going to have something for everyone. The Good Company Hard Seltzers, Fire, Avalanche Amber Ale, Fire times two. Go to the Breck Farmhouse, try the uh, slushies, really good. They're always changing. Sometimes they're seltzers, sometimes they're beer. They're always amazing, though. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Boom. I think we feel fairly good about eight teams in our playoffs. Four of those are auto bids. Then there's two at-larges from the Big Ten, two at-larges from the SEC. Now the Pac-12, and then it's Justin's time to shine with the G5. <laughs> USC, the favorites at plus 125, Oregon plus 260, Washington plus 350, Utah plus 575. Because Jake's on the show, I'll mention Oregon State plus 800. Um, yeah, you know where I was going. Absolutely. Damn it all, I think I'm talking myself into Oregon. And boy, do I really? hate myself for it. Wow. I, I, maybe Bo Nix is for, I don't know. Like I'm seeing more Bo Nix like lit throws. Like he actually is an athlete and has an arm. And that wide receiver is it Troy Brown has me intrigued. And Troy Franklin, yeah. Thank you, Troy Franklin. Um and they I should mean, be five and oh going into that Washington matchup with a bye leading up to it, which is really favorable. That's not a shot at the buffs. I just, I, I think Oregon, you know, should be favored in that matchup. And against Washington, are they in Autzen? No, it's at Washington. That's they the get USC thing. at home, though. I could easily talk myself into Washington. I think Utah plus 575 is insane value, even though J. Cole Warmy, that Cam Rising had a ACL injury very late into last season. And then how could I bet against, you know, I mean, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Those are my boys, man. I've, I've, I've been the ultimate Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams truther. 
just feels like, I don't know, they're resting on their laurels a little bit. I don't, a little too fat and happy over there in SoCal. So I don't know. I mean, uh, they'd be my favorite, honestly. Gun to my head, I'd take USC. I think that they did enough in the portal to kind of cover some weaknesses. I do still have some questions about, you know, Alex Grinch and just how consistent that defense is on a play in play out basis. Yeah. Um, but with Utah at plus 575, they scheduled Cam Rising to be the player representative at Pac-12 Media Day. And I don't think you throw him out there if this guy isn't ready to play some football very early in the season. Um, and then I'll just go to Oregon State, man. This team was really tough you know, in the trenches last year, really sound. They returned a lot of starters. They returned most of that offensive line. They returned the Pac-12 freshman of the year running back, or one of them, in Damian Martinez. They've got speed on the outside. DJU, just don't do too much, man. Just make a big throw here and there. Make a big run. You don't need to, you know, throw three touchdowns to win this game. Uh, it's win a game for this team in the Pac-12. They're so good. And then Washington, I mean, Penix, I think, is the best quarterback outside of Caleb Williams. You get that at plus 350. Oregon State you, does get Utah at home. They get Washington at home. They avoid USC on the schedule. There's a lot to like about Oregon State potentially getting hot. Well, and the thing about Oregon State is we always talk about this with Utah. Oregon State, with the style of play they play right now, and going to Corvallis, which is like, that's A, the weather's going to be shit. B, it's no fun to get to Corvallis. Um, that is a really unpleasant road game and atmosphere, similar to what the Utes present to you at Utah, where it's like, oh, great. Now we got to go to Utah. The weather's going to be way worse than most of the other places we play. These fans are going to be horrendous. And these this team's going to grind us to a pulp because that's how they play. Oregon State's kind of that version for the North Division now. Um, Martinez could be an All-American at running back. Legitimately. I'm saying something. One way or another, pick your fighter. It could be a Utah and Oregon State. I kind of feel like these guys get should get three teams in a 12-team format. Has the conference earned that kind of respect to where that actually happens? I'm not so sure because that would put us at 11 teams and only leave one final auto bid for the top G5 team. So that mean a... You know, the worst team in the Pac-12 would uh, Washington of, of the top three, obviously, a Washington, a Utah, an Oregon State, an Oregon would have to beat out like a Notre Dame would have to beat out um, a Wisconsin, you know, maybe the fourth best team in the Big Ten, maybe I don't know, Florida State or Clemson, depending uh -huh. on who came out on top there. UNC, right, the second best team in the ACC. That's where it gets tricky, right, J-Mike? And that's where the debate's going to get super fun. That's why I'm in, I'm in for it now. Yeah. At first, when we started talking about expanded playoffs, you know, I was like, there's still going to be a gap between these top four and everybody else. I still feel that way. I still think there's going to be quite a few blowouts along the way, but there's possibility now. We might get some chaos, and we definitely will get some wonky results here and there. So I just, I want to see it happen you know i want to see things get weird i want to see multiple big 12 teams or 
I mean, maybe if things get really fluky and you had a ton of cannibalization in the Pac-12 and ACC, you're open up the possibility of potentially more than one G5 team getting in, you know, mm-hmm. if you had a couple of 11-win teams like a Boise State and a UTSA or something like that. And we'll get into the G5 here in a second. But I, I just think there's going to be a pretty good chance that like they all split against each other and it just kind of kills their resume. Absolutely. Conferences cannibalizing themselves, always a huge factor in all this. Before we touch on Notre Dame and other potential at-large candidates, let's get that G5 breakdown. I so desperately want the Mountain West in. If it was this year, I think it would be really hard, though. I mean, Boise State's going to be the the preseason favorite. They're almost always picked, and this year it's basically set in stone. Um, but they have a really tough schedule. I mean, they open at Washington, which is going to be really brutal. Then they got UCF coming to town week two. Like, there's a real possibility they're one and one or 0 and two, even. And again, I still think they win nine, 10 games and have a great year. But as far as sneaking into the playoff goes, that's where it's going to really hurt you. Uh, UTSA brings Frank Harris back at QB through for over 4,000 yards. They're really well coached. They are in the American now, a new league. But with Cincinnati and some of those other teams out of the mix, I, I feel like UTSA has a strong chance to win that league in year one. They would be my favorite, I guess, as the G5 team to end up being the the sixth-ranked highest conference champion just because I think Boise's non-conference schedule is really going to hurt them. Yeah. um... Or help them. I mean, if they win those games, then all of a sudden, you know, like, Boise's the the clear-cut favorite and you have some leeway even if you drop a Mountain West game so long as it's not to a bad team. You still win the title decisively and all that. I just have a hard time seeing them win both of those games, and I really could see them drop both. Yeah, no Amer, no good American con- uh, candidate. That'd be UTSA. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yep. Um, and the MAC, I think, is always frisky, though. Max had such parity the last few years. It's like every team's six. Or That's the classic cannibalization conference, but My Toledo's going to be really, really good in the Mac this year. They have a ton of continuity. Uh, their quarterback Finn is solid. And just looking at their schedule here, it's not too bad. They do open at Illinois, but then Texas Southern at home, San Jose state, who should be really good. Chevin Cordero is going to be one of the better QBs in the conference. But outside of that, like it's, it's a pretty favorable schedule. They should win 10 plus games. And then the case for Notre Dame, I suppose, who lost uh, their OC, have one of the top offensive tackles in the country in Joe Alt, and Sam Hartman starting for them at quarterback, a guy I've been fairly high on. Um, could they sneak in? You know? Jake, it's a schedule this year for them. Yeah. I mean, they have to, man. Yeah. They have to. Um, you get Ohio State early, you play USC early also, and then Clemson again. Um, you do get Ohio State at home. I don't know. I mean, of course, last year was year one of the Marcus Freeman experience. And honestly, I thought they did a lot better than I actually thought they would going into last year. So I'm not really sure where to peg them. Um, you do have some, you know, cakewalk games, though. Central Michigan's up there. You got Tennessee State week two. 
Uh, we'll see what Wake Forest is. I mean, that's a kind yeah. of odd that you have a quarterback playing their former school. Usually that doesn't happen much in college football. Um, Pitt will be a tough game as well. Yeah. And then they finish off against Stanford, who is just not going to be good this year. I mean, this looks like a 10 win schedule. Like they could absolutely get in the double digit conversation. I just don't know if they've got that top end talent right now. You probably need to go two and one in those games against USC, Ohio State, and Clemson. I mean, we we kind of put all three in that 12 team playoff to pull it off. Right. That's going to be what makes or breaks you, essentially. Two of those are on the road. You still got to go to Louisville. Like, there's just a lot of instances you could see them dropping a trap game here. Yeah, I think I like the teams we've mentioned better, not to mention like a Tennessee who's intriguing with Joe Milton at quarterback and, you know, like some of the ACC teams that we might not have put in. Um, so let's maybe let's Drake give, Bay goes crazy or Van Dyke at Miami, yeah. does, you know, takes a, yeah. takes a leap. I don't really foresee it, but. Well, Big 12 could be, for, you know, like could a Kansas State, a Kansas, a team like that's that. That's probably the league of. we didn't focus enough on in terms of a second team because Baylor, Kansas State, a lot of those teams could win double digit games. We didn't even say OU. I know. Sooners have the talent. They've just fallen off so drastically. Um, and I mean, you could almost pick every SEC team to be like, a yeah, could sneak into the top 12. Um, with me kind of leading the charge, I feel like my 12 are pretty established, and I would just go with your UTSA. So it'd be, you know, three teams from the pack. I'll go Oregon, Washington, USC. Three teams from the SEC, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Three teams from the Big 12, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. That gives us nine. Then, as I said, UTSA will be the um, 10th, and then Texas to win the Big 12. Clemson to win the ACC is our auto bids, 11-12. Would you guys vary off of those? I mean... Just Jake, you put in Oregon State into one of those. You wanna? I'd put Washington in for them actually over Oregon. Did you say Washington? I did say Washington, but you could have Oregon State over Oregon. Um, I think I like them more this year, man. I just like them more. I think that they're a better football team. Do you think they'd actually get in the top twelve, or is there maybe another at large you'd uh, replace them with at that point? Then. That's the thing. I don't know if the the committee is... They really haven't been kind to of the Pac-12 uh-huh. in a long time. So no. I do definitely think there's some sort of bias there and just something that, um, you know, it keeps coming up year after year. And I don't think that if the Pac-12 was in this situation... First off, to get to this situation, it'd have to be like last year where it was almost like a perfect split of how like the wins and losses fell to have all these teams in the Pac-12 a yeah. championship conversation at the end of the year. Um, that just doesn't happen a lot of the time. Like a lot of the times these teams just fall, um, you know, win a few games or lose a few games late and they just drop out of the picture. But we had actually three, four teams in the picture last year. It just doesn't happen that often. So I bet that it'd only be like two maybe. And I feel yeah. like even then that would be the committee being generous. I mean, even for the SEC and Big Ten, you know, like three teams each is going to be tough because it does kind of take some stars aligning to make that happen. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt, though, and you're going to get some leniency with tough losses in those conferences in a way that you just aren't. 
if you're in the Pac-12 or a G5 team, obviously, who gets zero leeway. Boise State's a great example. You know, like I think they could very realistically close the year by winning nine, 10 games in a row, even 11 games in a row. But if they don't win that week one matchup at Washington, then it's, oh, well, they had their chance against the big dogs. And despite the fact that they won 11 straight. So I don't, I don't know. There's still going to be some weird stuff here. I'm with you though. I mean, UTSA would, would be the only thing that I would throw in there. Like I said, you guys talked me into LSU. Um, Penn State, uh, you guys probably talked me into as well, but over Wisconsin. Lar is a, hey man, this guy was like the top recruit a year or two ago. This guy is ready to, you know, burst onto the scene, kind of like what we saw from Bryce Young. I mean, he was highly, highly touted. I'm Franklin in the feels like the next coach, too, that could be, Dude. like, do, you know? I'm a big Franklin believer, 100%. And yeah, Lar has some hype, man. Uh, one guy in my Devi league took him ahead of JJ McCarthy. So I, I was kind of like, dang. Uh, I see crazy. that coming. Yeah. All right, boys. That is our final 12 predictions. Lots of stars to watch in college football. And again, we are just so hyped for this season because it does feel wide open in comparison to most other years. J. Mike, Schwan Man. Dr. Dre, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a lovely weekend. We will be back next week. Bye.